Yo, son, just because you put a bow on a turd, that doesn't mean it still doesn't stink. Thank you for listening to the Was Awesome Podcast. Let's have some fun. Yo, this is Batman Live 2002, and I'm back with another anime review. And today I will be reviewing Guilty Crown. Love or hate it, here it comes. Guilty Crown. This anime certainly has its. Haters, and I'm I'm definitely one of them <laughs> for sure. But anyway, we'll we'll get into that in a second. But Guilty Crown has 22 episodes in the air from October 14th to uh, October 14, 2011, to March 23rd, 2012. Therefore, it premiered in the fall of 2011, obviously. And the studio that brought us this anime is Production IG. And the licensor is Funimation, you know, a company we all know and love. But anyway, yeah, guilty crown. Let's uh, let's get into the synopsis, and yeah, we'll we'll definitely uh, jump into the review. So basically, guilty crown revolves this time. It 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 uh we start on December twenty fourth, twenty twenty nine, and there's this giant catastrophic thing known as Lost Christmas. It's not the ho 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 Lost Christmas. It's like a catastrophic. I dropped a nuke on your city, Lost Christmas. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So basically, there's this event called Lost Christmas, and it, um it plunges Japan into just this state of panic, right? And like this massive catastrophe takes place. And this, this virus known as the apocalypse virus has just, as a result of this catastrophe, this virus kind of just unleashes itself or is unleashed, I should say, upon the populace of Japan. But anyway, so now um, ever since that point, uh, the people of, of Japan have this virus known as the apocalypse virus, or they contend with it or anything. And um, this virus will turn you into this crystallized form. And um, and so basically, if you have the virus and if it gets really bad, you will eventually turn into a giant crystal. It really sucks. It's like, imagine if you had a cough. and like, <laughs> True! And then you're a giant crystal. It's it's pretty bad. But anyway, so Japan's not able to handle it on its own. It's like, yo, son, you know, we can't we can't handle this. People turn the crystals left and right. We need outside help from the outside world. So they turn to you know who? The United Nations. The the people stand for truth, justice, and honor in the world. <laughs> 
Right. Anyway, so uh, the United Nations, they sent in an organization called GHQ. And it's like, yo, GHQ, go on there to Japan, handle your business, take care of this virus. But it turns out when GHQ shows up, it's like martial law. They pretty much just take over the whole freaking country. And Japan's like, ah, crap, we done messed up. So you get a couple of years later after after this event, GHQ is taken over. They've imposed um, martial law. They're like tyrannical and stuff. And so now we have a resisting group. So you can think of them as a rebel alliance from Star Wars, right? Like Luke and, you know, the rest of the rebel alliance so in the eyes of darth vader the rebel alliance were terrorists in the eyes of luke and the rest of the universe these guys are freedom fighters so basically it's that kind of dynamics like we must stop these terrorists but they're really freedom fighters because jsq is you know kind of jacked up but anyway so it's a, a resistance group they're known as the funeral parlor they they rise up and they are doing their their darndest to liberate japan from its oppressors. And, um, you know, JSQ uh, did, did a fine and dandy job, you know, making sure the virus didn't destroy the freaking country. But, you know, as a result of that, uh, they've uh, done taking over and, and Funeral Parlor ain't having it. They ain't having it at all. So anyway, that is the synopsis. Let's get into the review. I know this is the review portion of the uh, podcast here, but I, I left out like one very vital thing from the synopsis. And it's the fact that we have a guy, the protagonist, his name is Oma Shu, and he has this ability to basically draw out like a person's personality or something. It, it basically, he can like draw weapons out of people. It's really weird. He's the only guy who can do this, and so he can basically draw these weapons, and these weapons are really powerful, and um, it gives people the ability to fight back against GHQ. So that's a very important part because Omoshu is one of the um, one of the reasons. It's that, I don't want to spoil anything, but anyway, he he's he's a very important factor in how this anime is overall so how to throw him in there so all right let's get into this review so guilty crown is a very interesting anime if you've been keeping your ear low to the ground you've probably heard people talking crap about this anime and if you look at it from the surface this thing's look this anime looks fantastic we got production ig Studio IG, who brought us uh, Ghost in the Shell, uh, um, um, standalone uh, complex. You know how beautiful the anime is, and they have all kinds of anime that is just they, they're always very well known for having very high quality uh, anime with very high quality animation and music, and you know the production value is just on point. So when you first the first impression, any anime, any. Any anime you ever watch, the first impression is usually what keeps you watching, or it's like, eh, nah, I'm not gonna watch this. It's, you know, it's um. So 
it, most people judge most anime on the first episode. I typically don't. I just watch it to the end, no matter how bad it is, typically, because that's just how I am. I just can't stop myself because I just want to review it the moment I start watching it. But anyway, uh, most people don't have the obligation or don't have that dysfunction in their brain to finish, you know, to torture themselves from beginning to end if something's bad. But anyway, um, so first impressions wise, this was a very stunning anime. This was a very beautifully crafted anime. Uh, the production, like I said, left little to be desired. You know, the artwork was clean. It was vibrant, stunning to the last detail, you know, and, and just the artwork alone. Production IG has done a man magnificent job with uh, almost all their anime. I haven't seen everything, but uh, from the anime I recall from the top of my head, uh, they do a magnificent job with um you know just very high quality uh animation and and you know uh, very good uh, soundtracks and whatnot um and it just looks good and even the initial action or just the action in this anime is awesome so you know it's um funeral parlors fighting his GHQ you have a lot of gunfights and all that kind of stuff you have mechs and stuff so it's it's pretty cool it's like okay i can really get into this anime it looks freaking awesome. It looks really awesome, but um, it's kind of like a, a sneaky salesman with a trusty smile. You know, when you go to buy a new car and um, you got the salesman just waiting, waiting out there, kind of drawing you in. He got his trust and smile on. But, uh, you know, you might get misled if you trust that smile without looking a little bit deeper. So I'm going to ask you good people of Wisconsin land, please look deeper than the package deal that you're getting here. Than the, you know, the, the nice box, there's a box over this thing and it has a nice little bow over it and there's wrapping and it looks really good. And it, it's like, oh my gosh, this, this anime is just awesome. But if you look a little bit deeper, you're going to start to, to spot a few things. Uh, and, and let me let me break a few of those things down uh, for you. So, number one, there is something from the beginning that was very annoying. It, uh, Guilty Crown had a very annoying quality to it from the very beginning, if you pay attention. So, initially, Guilty Crown kind of establishes itself as this very mature very intelligent anime that a more mature anime fan can enjoy. You know, something along the lines of Ghost in the Shell, standalone complex, where you had to think. It made you made you analyze life. It made you, you know, it's just it was very mature. It's not, you know, it's not for kids. It's it's it actually engages your brain cells, and you had to stop and think and like, ah, the morality of this is. Uh, Hmm, it's, it's it's not quite as black and white as it seems on the surface, you know that kind of thing, and and that's what kept it good in the beginning. You know, it it, it forces you to think about certain actions that are being taking place, along with the actual action of fighting and shooting and explosions and crap. You know, it's like okay, this is again an anime, but then the anime begins to over-focus on very tired character tropes. And maybe I'm just jaded as, you know, as a guy who's watched so many anime, but you start getting hit with all these character tropes and suddenly, you know, I was not as interested as I was prior to this. So this is what I mean. 
by character tropes, which are just kind of characters who are kind of cut and paste that you find in almost every kind of anime. So in anime, uh, in this one in particular, I was like, okay, the hacker girl, she doesn't need cat ears. Okay. This is supposed to be an intelligent, uh, smart, which is the same thing as intelligent is a synonym. So what am I saying? Anyway, this is supposed to be an anime that's geared towards adults. At least that's what I felt like. So we don't need a hacker with the cat ears. Okay. And, and then we get the loner protagonist, uh, kind of like Shinji from Evan- Evangelion. You know, he's kind of wimpy and, and, and he gets pushed around and, and no one, no one likes him. And he carries the weight of the, the, the world on his shoulders. And because everyone is relying on him now because he has a special ability to pull out these voids, which allows him to fight the GHQ. Um, and you know, so his care, he's, he also has a character trope that's kind of annoying because we've run into many protagonists just like this guy. And the primary being Shinji from, you know, Evangelion. So just think of him and everybody hates that guy. So <laughs> I had no love for the protagonist. You know, it's like the world is on my shoulders and it hurts. I don't want to do this. Well, it's a like, shut up and do what you got to do, son. Uh, and then, of course, you had the uh, the chick with the lack of emotion, and I forgot what it was called. It was a it was a cootery or, or something, you know, the, the the one of the dairies, the daddies, or what it was called, where you always have a girl where she's just robotic and she doesn't have any emotions, and so we get away from this very intelligent storytelling, and we start to overfocus on these character tropes. And, you know, the show just started going downhill from there. But it wasn't so bad. It was uh, so the first half of this anime is awesome, you know. And so let's say uh, I let's just overlook the trope thing because it isn't so bad. It's that's just 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 a thing with anime. You got to deal with it. I'm not going to complain about it. It was a little bit annoying. It's It's just me nitpicking. OK, so don't. Slam the anime for just that. Um, it's just something I noticed and I nitpick because I review anime. But anyway, there was another thing that I didn't like about Guilty Crown, which you might find to be funny, is I felt it was overly, it was like pseudo overly sexualized. Even like, but Batman Live, most anime is pseudo, or not pseudo, overly sexualized, which is. True, you know, you always you have a lot of fan service. Fan service is a thing, um, um, and so yeah. Um, but what I didn't like about the fan service in Guilty Crown is that, and let me let me preface this by saying that I don't have a problem with fan service. I, if you listen to my podcast, I love the tetes and the buttockses and the crotch shots. I love my my harems that are just edgy up the butt. You know, I love anime like that, but they're presented as anime like that, if that makes sense. Guilty Crown is presented initially as being a very mature, very action-packed and dark um, anime. And, you know, you have these very sporadic elements of of um well let, let me rephrase that um because i'm getting tongue twisted sorry but like i say it was, it was 
it was packaged as this very mature, action-packed, dark anime. And then when you get thrown these these sporadic elements that is more suited for an edgy romantic comedy, you're like, what? 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 You know, it's like it's like as if um, Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex um, had moments like I don't know, Two Love Rue. That that might be an over exaggeration. Two Love Rue is just as over top, edgy um, harem anime. It's the king of edginess in my book. But it's like you're you're supposed to be giving me this, you know, very mature type storytelling, and then you, but you're giving me these moments that's more of a etchy romantic comedy and it, it just didn't fit. That's what I'm trying to say. And it was, I didn't, I didn't like the over-sexualization or the pseudo over-sexualization that we got from this anime from time to time. Cause it just didn't fit. It didn't fit what this anime was trying to, or what this anime presented to us. Um, and I hope I'm making sense because I feel like I'm babbling right now. I'll just move on. But yeah, just overall, sex didn't have to sell this particular anime. Um, the the production value, the action, the soundtrack, it did all that on its own. We didn't need we didn't need to have sex to to sell this one to us like like sex sells a lot of etchy anime and stuff. We, we didn't need that from this anime. But um, anyway, I'm gonna move on. So. Like I said, the premise itself was very interesting. We have Omashu who, you know, he has basically this ability to manifest people's like hearts or their emotions or whatever it was. And he can physically turn them into these really cool weapons called voids. And, you know, that's where most of our, that's the meat and potatoes of most of our action scenes are, are coming from. And, and yeah, in the, in the plot was, fine besides the few things I, I spoke of but like i said i was just nitpicking um I, I still didn't like the whole romantic sexualized crap but you know that's still me nitpicking i haven't really gotten to what makes this anime terrible <laughs> quite yet but so we see character growth in omoshu he grows from this introvert, introverted high school student into the funeral parlor, which is, you know, that terrorist group. He turns into the funeral parlor centerpiece secret weapon. It's like dropping the boy, you know, and he'll come in, he'll kick some butt. Everyone goes home happy. La-di-da, 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 da. Okay. And everyone's happy. Uh, when, you know, when, when he goes and kicks a lot, but he brings out these, you know, this weapon and whatnot, and, and he, he can pull it out of anybody. And some people have just like really useless weapons. You pull it out as like a cup, <laughs> but then you, he pulls it out of this, uh, this chick. I can't think of her name, uh, Inori or whatever her name is. And he pulls out this epic sword and he just starts cutting everybody up and crap. So it's pretty awesome. So season one was fine. I could, if it was just the romantic stuff, the the pseudo over sexualization stuff, and if it was just the character tropes, this wouldn't be a bad anime just because of that. I would probably give it maybe like a seven, seven out of ten. You know, it, that's fine. Like I said, it's me nitpicking. But then this anime loses all cohesiveness when we get to season two. It like it was pretty cool. It was decent. 
And then we get to season two and it just turns into this crap show. Like you wouldn't believe like what I could, I almost stopped watching it, but I had to finish it. I, I did not understand what happened between seasons one and seasons two that just, I, 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 I'm, I, I can't even talk. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to try at least the next part as spoiler free as possible. I don't know if I can do that completely. So if you're, I was going to say, if your discretion is advised, listeners' discretion is advised. So a bunch of crap happens in season one. I'm not going to tell you what happens. But basically, season two, Oma Shu and like a ragtag group of survivors, they're, they're like left in this really desperate situation where they can basically be killed at any time. And so they're like trapped in the school and Shu basically becomes Hitler. Like he he goes from Shinji from Evangelion to freaking Adolf Hitler, right? He sets up like he sets up these Jim Crow laws <laughs> where he's discriminating people based on their usefulness to him, to, to Shu. And basically they this usefulness is based off of their void, right? So if your void is actually useful. Then, like, let's say your your void turns into a I don't know uh, a gun or some or a sword. Well, that's very useful to fight off any attackers. But if you can only produce like a, a can opener, you're not very useful to him. So he goes full on Hitler mode in, in straight up Jim Crow mode. <laughs> Jim Crow laws, by the way, or um, laws in the South that. Uh, uh, forced, uh, it, it was basically laws that, that, uh, discriminated against African Americans in the South back when, um, discrimination was a terrible thing in this country. But anyway, um, so he goes full on Jim Crow slash Hitler and he's like, okay, if your, if your freaking void doesn't, you know, is not useful to what I need it to be, you don't get any preferential treatment. You don't get to eat first. You get to stand at the back of the line. You don't get to sit at my right hand. You know, like you are like basically discriminated against. And I'm like, what the crap? Who is this person? What happened to the shoe from the first freaking season? And now he's freaking Hitler. You know, like what in the world just happened? I don't understand. And all the previous plot points from the first season was thrown out the window for the second season. And then the story just began to meander aimlessly. It was going nowhere fast. And you're just like, what just happened? Like what? Who did they fire the writers from season one? And did they just hire some guy who's just jaded and angry at life? The right season two. Is that what happened? What? And, and that's literally what it feels like. Nothing from season one made its way into season two, except for the characters. And then all the characters change, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, what the heck? And when the story finally did come full circle, the you know, certain the plot points from season one finally comes full circle in season two, it's some of the revelations, you know, of like what we thought happened to some people in certain events from season one kind of is explained in season two and it just it doesn't make any sense i was confused i'm like how are you still alive <laughs> and why are you back as this person i want to spoil it so bad for you guys it is really bad i can't tell you how bad it is it's incredibly bad 
And in like to add insult to injury, there's a single flashback episode, a single flashback episode that attempted to answer two whole seasons worth of questions and a single flashback episode. And that can be done right because I've seen it done right. This wasn't done right at all. It was pretentious and it was just, oh my gosh, I, I, I could not wait to review this anime. As soon as season two was done, I was sitting there in shock. I'm like, what the crap is this? I don't understand what, what, uh, and I'm throwing out the whole romantic, you know, stuff. I was talking about, uh, the, the, the sexualization stuff and, and, and the, um, and the character tropes, which were still kind of annoying to me, at least the character trope part. But it, it was just the season two. I, I don't know what happened there, guys. And that's why most people, if you ever hear anything about Guilty Crowd, they're going to talk. If they talk crap about Guilty Crown at all, it's usually not the first season they have a problem with. Is it almost always the second season? So I will tell you to go watch the first season. Enjoy it as best you can. Take a deep breath and then plunge right into season two. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about it. So in the intro, I was uh, saying something. <laughs> I was saying that. If just because you put a bow on a turd does not mean it smells good. It still stinks. This thing has a beautiful production value, has great, has great uh, um, um, animation quality and, and uh, music and, you know, all that kind of stuff and, and great action. You know, all that kind of stuff draws you in. As an anime fan, I'm attracted to those things. I'm like, okay, it has decent action. It looks good. It sounds good. Uh, from the surface, this looks good enough to warrant my attention. And it draws you in, and then you're drawn in so far that you can't stop when you hit season two. And then when you realize season two is a disaster, you can't stop because you're too invested at this point. You're already like, what, 15 episodes in? <laughs> you're not just going to stop at episode 15. It's 22 episodes. You're going to see this thing to the end. So overall, Guilty Crown was incoherent. It was confusing, and it was very nice to, to look at and listen to. And that's that's what this anime was, guys. I I, uh, I don't even know what else to say. So I'm gonna give Guilty Crown a five out of ten, and I'm only being generous because, like I said, the first season wasn't terribly bad. Um, just have a few nitpicky things about it, but yeah, that's that's it. So maybe watch it if you want. You know, I'm not gonna tell you not to watch it, but watch on your own peril, I guess. When you hit that second season, maybe I don't even know. But anyway, this is Batman Live 2002. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pin Twist. Uh, go to those platforms, type in Wasasum, W-A-S-A-S-U-M, and um, follow me there. And the focus of the week is uh, I'm focusing on anime that is more shocking than Goblin Slayer. Goblin Slayer ain't nothing, you know, uh, ain't nothing new, guys. <laughs> it's taking people by surprise, but we have anime way shock, way more shocking than Goblin Slayer, I can assure you. Or just as shocking as Goblin Slayer. But anyway, that's the focus of the week. So if you want to follow along there, follow me on these platforms. 
And yeah, guys, until next time, people, stay with awesome, people. Stay with awesome.